Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1703. Today, I've got a returning guest who was on about five years ago to see what he's up to today. Buckle up. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah! Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah! Today I'm in Bellevue, Washington. That's just up the road from Gig Harbor on a beautiful uh, liquid sunshine day in the Pacific Northwest. That's code for rain up here. With a very special returning guest by the name of Randy Wells. Randy, welcome to Cars Yeah! My friend, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Always. Thank you for having me back on your show. Absolutely. Now, Randy was on the show. In fact, he was guest number 52. He was one of those very kind friends of mine that kind of helped me out and said, you're doing a pod what? And yeah, I guess I'll be on your show, whatever you're up to. And so he was a very early in the top 100. In fact, I've always thought, you know, once I get really successful, I'm gonna have a giant party for my first 100 guests, fly everybody into an island somewhere and have a a big party. I'm not quite there yet, Randy, but your name's going to be on that list. (laughs) Before I uh, introduce you to some of the many thousands of new listeners that I have since you were on the show before, but as a reminder, all my past guests can be found on the Cars Yeah website. What's one little thing, Randy, that most people don't know about you? Well, Mark, uh, I've been a record collector for decades. Vinyl? Yeah, vinyl records. I started collecting. The f- I still have the first record I ever bought. Whoa. The Beatles' second album. I bought it in 1964, I believe. Yeah, I, and I still enjoy uh, playing vinyl records. It's a great physical medium with the artwork. The analog experience, I really enjoy uh, sitting down and relaxing at the end of the day with a, with a favorite record. You know, I think the process of putting that vinyl on that player and handing the needle over to it or carrying, putting the needle into it and that whole process is a lost thing, if you will. Now it's just click and listen. And I just enjoy uh, that ritual of playing a record is actually soothing. Well, let me give you a uh, brief introduction here. We're going to dive into updates on what's new in Randy Wells' life. Randy Wells has the unique privilege of photographing and writing about cars for clients both near and far. He's frequently called upon by advertising agencies, collectors, auction houses, as well as everyday people who want their cars documented in a very special way. Randy's work has appeared in over 20,000, that's right, publications worldwide, including National Geographic. Many of you may know his work from Porsche Panorama, Triple Zero, Excellence, and Forza magazines, where he constantly pushes the limit of photography and writing, including aerial drone images in more of his recent stories. Randy has also won both the Best Feature Article of the Year and Best Video of the Year from the Motor Press Guild. Very cool. We'll be back in just a minute to talk with Randy, but first a word from our very valued sponsors. They make the show possible, so please lend them your ear. We'll be right back. Keep your seatbelt on. Do you have a pet in your household that loves to go for rides? Our pets are part of our families, but they can be very hard on your vehicle's interior. Covercraft offers a wide variety of solutions to protect your vehicle from Fido's rough treatment. Canine cargo area covers are padded for comfort and provide door-to-door protection. Pet pads have built-in features that keep cargo areas and seats protected. Covercraft's quality pet solutions cover cargo areas, bucket or bench seats, 
and protect from damaging claws, pet fur and hair, mud, moisture, and drool from permanently damaging those fine finishes on your vehicle's interiors. Choose from a variety of styles and covers for almost every vehicle that's made. And here's something I've got just for you and for Fido. Use the code YAH120 at Covercraft.com and you'll get 10% off your Covercraft pet protection order. That's right, 10% off. That'll make Fido happy. Simply use the code YAH120, Y-E-A-H-120 at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. And Fido too. When it was time to renew my last policy for my collector car, my carrier's rates went up. They went way up. But my usage was the same, and I never had made a claim. No tickets, nothing. What's with that? American Collectors Insurance, that's who now protects my Porsche Turbo. The one I call my orange crush. Has your collector car insurance recently raised your rates for no good reason? Tired of paying an annual membership fee? I was too. So I shopped around, I asked friends for recommendations, and found a winner that I can trust. And boy, am I glad I did. I'm saving hundreds of dollars. I can sleep at night knowing my baby is properly insured. American Collectors Insurance have been protecting vehicles since 1976. They provide me with an agreed value insurance policy backed by a history of taking care of their clients. What could be better than that? Give them a call for a quote today at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. And protect the ones you love like I did. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. All right, Randy, we're back. And as we uh, start on this journey, I'm going to call a rewind of your life a little bit since you've been on the show before, but it's been a while. I'd love for you to share a quote or a mantra. Maybe it's some kind of new saying that you guide your life and your career with. It's a nice way to get the shutter clicking, although they don't really click anymore with these cameras we have nowadays. Maybe the wheel's turning here on cars. Yeah, so Randy, uh, grab the steering wheel. You know, we talked about never giving up, which I think is, you know, very important to keep in mind when things get gloomy or dark. You don't know where to go exactly. But uh, I think listening to your intuition and looking for the opening around any obstacles you might encounter is also important for me particularly. Uh, it just it, there's a guiding there's a guiding angel on my shoulder sometimes that helps me through those difficult passages, and I just have to trust and, and listen a little harder sometimes to 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 understand what it is that I was actually meant to do. I love that. Listen a little harder and trust. I found in my life that every time that voice or that gut or whatever it was, was trying to tell me something and I kept pushing it aside, ignoring it was always, I mean, it was always a mistake, Mm -hmm. except maybe times when I was going to go out and try something new and different like this podcast that was so Mm -hmm. obscure to what I'd ever done. However, that was a different kind of voice. And that voice kept saying, you know what? Give it a try. Just give it a try. What can it hurt? What else are you going to do? So, you know, when you think about your career as an entrepreneur, a photographer, a writer, and how it's expanded over time, I'd love for you to kind of give us an update because it's been, you know, has it really been six years? Yeah, it has been six years since you're on the show. And you and I, of course, run into each other at car events and things like that. So we've kept in touch. But catch me up on the new world of Randy Wells because there's a lot of cool things going on. Well, thank you, uh, Mark. I've been very fortunate, and even before we first met, but uh, especially recently in the past six years, it seems like things have really started to gel. 
I've done a couple films. I did a, a 40 page feature cover feature for triple zero on the 911 ST. I've done a bunch of stuff for PCA Panorama magazine and I've worked with individual collectors with large collections. I think I've probably shot, I don't know, hundred cars. Wow. Um, you know, one was 31 cars at a time. 31 at a time. <laughs> Holy cow. Wow. I had to build a portable studio, freestanding portable studio. Couldn't attach it to any of the timbers. Quite, quite a logistical challenge, but, you know, it's a wonderful, of course, it was a wonderful space to work in, and it was, it was fun to come to work every day to see those great cars. So doing more of that, just recently did a Filson uh, Bronco shoot for Ford, which was a Big commercial assignment for me. It was. It required lots of logistical planning, mm-hmm. and uh, I had one day to shoot it. The film crew was coming in the next three days, and they had a deadline of three days later. I thought it was big, but four days later, after I turned in the images, it was on 30 venues worldwide, and it had 5 million views in the first week. Well, that doesn't hurt, does it? <laughs> <laughs> I, I never experienced that before, so that was really exciting. I was so glad that I was able to do something that important important for so many people. It was difficult. It was rainy and windy, but I got it done. We did everything, including some things, some things that came in at the last second, and uh, everyone was happy. So That's the most important thing. Now, Filson is a local company up here in the right. Pacific Northwest. They make outdoor clothing. They've been around, I think, 100 years or so. I mean, a long time, right? I think they started in 1890-something. They outfitted the people going up to mine the gold rush. Right. Then they outfitted the oil rig workers, and and now they're outfitting people from Amazon. But you know, it's a <laughs> yeah. It's well, a it's a company. tough trek it, getting to that Amazon. You know, especially if you got to go through downtown Seattle these days. Holy cow! It's a, you know, they've got some great products. They they invented the like the waxed leather right jacket. You know, just just some iconic stuff. Yeah, I have a good friend up here uh, in Gig Harbor who has one of their jackets. I think he's had it for 30 years, and he wore it into their store one time, and yeah, everybody in the store went crazy. You know, the fact they wanted his jacket. To, he goes, no, you can't have my jacket. You know, well, we'll give you a brand new one. No, can't have my jacket. So, But, you know, it's fantastic because you've taken what originally started as a passion for taking photographs. And, you know, you and I share a, a passion for Porsche, Mark, in particular, but you shoot much more than that. And you've stretched it and expanded it and scaled it in a lot of different ways. Let me ask you, for those people that are just starting in a career, because so many people, oh, I want to be a photographer. Sounds so glamorous, sounds so easy. Well, there's a lot of competition with photography, especially with digital now. And everybody, in a way, I think that digital photography on our phones have dumbed down people's perception of good and great photography in a way. Uh, you know, I, you and I go back to the old days of Polaroids and pulling them off in a studio and looking at them through a loop. And now you've got this beautiful big screen and you can go in and photo touch and correct and make everything perfect. So what are some of the ways that you found over time, other than persistence, which we've talked about, of continuing to scale and grow your business? Well, I think you have to shoot a lot. I, I think that's really the secret. I mean, if you're not, like you said, it's very competitive today, but it's also more democratic. I mean, everyone has an opportunity to post their stuff, but at the same time, there's a lot of noise, so it's sometimes hard to be heard. If you shoot and you really have a passion for it, and it, let's say it's cars, and you decide that you want to be a car photographer, you have to shoot a lot of cars. You can't just go to car shows um, where it's sometimes difficult with reflections and how close cars are and the people around the cars. But I mean, not that there's not good shots there. It's just that if you're going to really 
pursue it as something more than a hobby, you're going to have to do some really great work somewhere that's isolated with a great background and great light. And that takes time. You know, being open to learning more and never being satisfied and being and so being somewhat critical of your own work. You know, people think that, well, you know, I shouldn't be that critical. Or, but people get attached to work. Maybe it took you a long time to do it or it's, it was a big effort. And then you get attached to the photograph. And the photograph's really not all that great, it turns out. Mm-hmm. And so you have to be objective and just be willing to push stuff. You don't have to trash it. Just put it in another folder. Just concentrate on the things that are your best work and try to improve on that. That's that requires a lot of discipline, and you've got to be a you know you can't have too big an ego going into it. You have to be willing to be humble and always learn. Well, it's all about seat time, <laughs> just like for racers. And you're right, just go out and shoot. You know, I've I've met some great people over the many years of being in the car industry, and some great people up here in the Northwest that have picked up photography as a hobby, and they've become very very good at it. And again, I I look at, well, why is that person, I'm looking at what they're doing and their other careers with this, but they're doing some really great photography. What is it? Well, they're out shooting all the time. It's exactly what you said. Everywhere they go, they've got a camera and they stop. And also they think, you can tell in the look, they think about what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And that's what it takes in commercial photography as well, like this Filson deal you just did. And by the way, again, congratulations on that. Holy cow. Uh, That was a score. That was very nice of them. They're great people. I, I love working with them. I think that you do have to be flexible and, uh, you know, if you can make your mistakes early when no one's watching, <laughs> yeah, that's a good thing. So when it comes time and you get that big job, you know, you're going to have to think on your feet. You're going to, there are going to be obstacles. There's going to be changes in the weather. There's going to be, yeah, I can't do this here. I got to, where else, what, what's my plan B location? That's got to be on your mind all the time. You don't assume anything. You're always looking for details little things that happen together and just, but you got to be open. You, you can't be like locked into a schedule or a list. Well, especially when you get into shooting videos. Now you've gotten into that as well, which is a whole nother spectrum, moving images, you know? <laughs> very, very challenging. Yeah. But very rewarding because the emotional impact you can make on the viewer is much larger because you have music and you have motion, like you said. And it's just when you when it comes together, you have a great editor, which is really important. Then, yeah, it there's nothing that can beat it. It's just great. Well, it's great. Now you've scaled in another way too, and that's your writing, uh, which you've done. And you usually see people sticking their writers or their photographers or their videographers. You're doing a lot of different things. Why did you decide? Is it just because you wanted to try new things and experiment with your creativity? I, I think I'm easily bored, actually. <laughs> you know, I don't know if you noticed, but as far as my editorial works, I don't really repeat myself. I always try to do different locations, different lighting, different angles. That's why I added drone. I just get bored. And I really don't like repeating myself in terms of the look. I like to ch- keep changing it. There is a look to my work, but... And I always wanted to do film. I mean, I love watching films, and I enjoy certain directors, really, and cinematographers or uh, my focus for a while. And I love people. I love including more people in the shots and with films, you can do that. Uh, writing, writing's a challenge. I mean, <laughs> good writing is rewriting and, and rewriting takes time. And you'd have to be willing to say, I know I've done this 20, I've rewritten this thing 20 times, but I think it could be a little better, you know, and that's, that's not exactly what you want to tell yourself. <laughs> right. <laughs> 
point because you're tired. You're, you've been reading the same thing for so long. Mm-hmm. But fortunately, it's like photography. It's practice. You just you, If you do it enough, you, you can get good at it. You know, even maybe you weren't born to be a writer, you can become a better writer. Right. Again, it's seat time. Uh, that's what I've heard with writers. You just sit down and write every day, whether you're in the mm-hmm. mood or mm-hmm. not. One of the things I found with writing, too, is what can you take out and still get mm-hmm. the message through? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Kind of a Hemingway yeah. approach. Exactly. Exactly. I, he's one of my favorite writers. And I, and I think it's something I try to do. And I know everyone does it. But try to get it down to the, you know, those first two paragraphs have to be like really, really solid. Right. Because if you don't have that, it's just, it's not going to go anywhere. The title's important. Mm-hmm. Character development is important. There has to be something that's overcome. There has to be a hero's journey almost. These are things that aren't in every car story. But, you know, if you pick the car stories to do stories on that have that, then that's, that's you know, a lot easier. So that's what I try to do. Well, I'm a fan of Triple Zero. Pete Stout uh, just was on the show again. He was another returning guest because when he was first on my show, he was just venturing out into the world of Triple Zero. And is this idea going to work? And uh, here we are. And by the way, I loved your article uh, about the ST. That was great. Yeah, nicely done. So, well, let's talk about a big challenge here. You know, in the last six years, you've been through a lot. We've all been through a lot, especially this last year. Holy cow. Mm-hmm. So uh, talk about a big challenge you faced in the expansion and the scaling of your career. And more importantly, what was that lesson learned so that you could continue forward and you didn't say, eh, not for me? I think it's been, you know, of course, we have to address the COVID-19 pandemic in the last year. That's been, you know, really challenging for a lot of people. I think I've been a little fortunate. I haven't gotten sick, but I'm also being a writer. I could just write articles for the stories I shot last winter that mm-hmm. were just, you know, ready to go. And I was able to turn in a lot of articles for magazines and that, that certainly helped me through it financially, this latest gig. But, um, I honestly have been very fortunate since we last spoke. I, I haven't had any big challenges other than trying to add to what I've already been able to do. But, you know, there are some budgets that have been cut. There are some magazines that have folded. And, you know, that has made me need to look for alternatives that would fill those spaces. So, yeah, it's, it, it, it's, it's not – I've been very fortunate, I guess, very lucky that I haven't had to deal with a lot of obstacles. Well, one thing, the mature guys like you and I – Notice how I got around the word old is the fact that we realize that things are cyclical and things will be better and things will be worse. That's just what happens in life. So you have to always be looking ahead, build a runway, if you will, save up some money, that old money for a rainy day, because the happy days are not always happy forever. And if you just keep spending and not planning and preparing, putting those nets away for the wintertime, you'll get caught short, which a lot of people do, especially if you go back and look at the financial crisis that we faced with home loans and so forth. People just get borrowing money like it's always going to be growing on the trees. And all of a sudden, somebody stopped playing the music and uh, everything changed. So you have to be evolving. And that seems to me to be the big key. Although when you look back over the last six years, you just did it. So sometimes you forget what you just did because you were so busy doing it. Yeah, I've had some, well, I know some great people that have been, that believe in me and trust me. And, you know, they've been, become my repeat customers. And so uh, that's, you know, and they, and they have really interesting projects. It's, you know, it's stuff that I haven't done before. I did the Baja Mexican 1000 twice. 
there's the potential I'll go to Dakar in 2022. I mean, Ooh. it's like, I mean, that's a dream country. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, for anybody. Yeah, it's just, it's just been really exciting. I mean, I've, it, there's a lot of new things out there. You know, there's a lot of new ways to see the world. And so you, as a photographer, you never get bored. So that's, that's really good. Since you've been involved in photography and writing with so many magazines, obviously, and you mentioned earlier, we've seen the decline of a lot of magazines, actually a lot this last year. Now we're seeing a bit of a rise of some interesting magazines. I mentioned Triple Zero, Magneto, others that are becoming much more than magazines. They're, they're not coming out every month. They're coming out quarterly, perhaps. They're much bigger. They're what I call keepers because like the article you wrote for Pete, they're very extensive and they're things you can go back and refer to. They're kind of like, to me, they're like mini books. What are your thoughts on that that progression and that change that we're seeing versus other magazines trying to just go online, which a lot of people seem to be resistant of? Yeah. Well, the problem with online is, you know, the stories are short and the budgets aren't very large. So for contributors, that that's a little challenge. Your voice doesn't necessarily get hear, heard and the photo selection is smaller. So for someone who likes to tell stories, that's you know not ideal. I think the really high quality magazines like Triple Zero and there's others, of course, have filled a gap for a lot of people who had forgotten how good things can look in print. But I know it's a challenge because not everyone has that in their discretionary budget, but the joy that it fills for those enthusiasts it has, has seemed to work. So uh, I think there's maybe room for more of that, but it, we'll see. I think it's a difficult time right now. It's really, and you would think it wouldn't be because you think, well, we must have gotten it figured out by now with books and everything self-publishing, but we really haven't. So mm -hmm. we'll see what happens. We will see. Well, let's take a break. We come back. I want to dive into your personal passion for cars, which you obviously still have, which is good to know. So uh, keep your seatbelts on. We're here with Randy Wells. We'll be right back. Let's step away from the conversation and talk about our charity of choice here at Cars Yeah, America's Automotive Trust. America's Automotive Trust is a group of like-minded nonprofits that are working together to preserve and promote car culture, across the country. Together, they provide scholarships and grants to aspiring technicians and restoration artists. They provide youth education programs and bring communities together through auto-related events, car shows, and drives. Among these nonprofits is TechForce Foundation, a great organization dedicated to solving the technician shortage that threatens the transportation industry today. By providing career development resources and increasing awareness and enthusiasm for the tech profession, TechForce is bringing bright young students into the auto, diesel, aviation, marine, motorcycle, motorsports, and restoration worlds. To date, they've awarded more than $10 million in scholarships and grants to tech students. And in times like these, I don't have to tell you how essential those techs are. Keeping our delivery and emergency vehicles running and keeping America rolling. To learn more about TechForce or to make a donation to this cause, visit www.techforce.org. You'll be glad you did. So, what do you do after running a race team for 27 years with over 100 podiums, multiple Daytona wins, and a win at Le Mans? Well, if you're a racer and the Racers Group team owner, Kevin Buckler, you start Adobe Road Winery. It's located in Petaluma, California, and he and his team have created a winning combination with the Racing Series, four ultra-premium red wine blends that are in a class of their own. 
Like racing, these wines comprise of art, precision, engineering, science, wrapped in a whole lot of fun. You can choose from four blends titled Redline, Apex, Shift, and the 24. Today, I'm going to talk about Shift. This wine was awarded 93 points by Robert Parker's Wine Advocate. It's balanced and spicy with dark blueberries and a cigar aroma. The unique bottle shape features a vintage-inspired metal gated shift back with carbon fiber, and the cork is topped with a five-speed shift knob. That's right. There's going to be some battles at the dinner table on who gets to keep the cork after this bottle has been enjoyed. The Racing Series is a delicious gift for the automotive enthusiast in your life, and I've got a deal for you. If you use the code CARSYEAH, all one word in caps, at checkout, you get $10 off any purchase of the wines from the Racing Series. Your wine ships promptly and arrives quickly right at your door. Use the code CARSYEAH at checkout and get $10 off your purchase from the Racing Series today. There's always a seat at the table for excellence with the Racing Series. Go to adoberoadwines.com and use the code CARSYEAH today. Cheers! All right, Randy, I would love for you to share a story that instigated this passion you have for automobiles. That moment in your life when you knew that, you know what, I think I'm a car guy. I had uh, talked about this earlier, but it's the same story. I grew up in a tiny fishing village in Alaska named Cordova, and the only way to get there was by boat or plane. And I remember as being a young boy one day, somebody brought a Jaguar E-Type to town. Really? Yeah, which was completely, you know, unlike anything. Wow. I'd ever seen, and it was it was almost like an alien, you know, visiting the town. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, I saw that car, and I just thought, oh my gosh, this is how cool a car can be. You know, it's not a pickup truck. And uh, he drove. He was a. He actually worked on one of my dad's boats, and uh, he did. He had a good season. <laughs> I guess so. Jaguar XK and brought it to town. So I think that was really the first special vehicle. Later, I had sort of a pseudo-uncle who worked at Tom Karsten's Volkswagen Porsche in, in Tacoma. He would bring Porsches over when he visited uh, for my grandmother's Sunday dinners, and he brought a 911 one day, and that was like, okay, this is like that XKE, but it's smaller, and it's, you know, for me, it, <laughs> it seemed uh, maybe more affordable. And I kind of knew at that point I'd probably own one of those, but, you know, it, of course, it took a long time to get to that point. Of course. Yeah. We all have to save up for that first 911. I saved and saved and saved for a long time to get one of those. What was your first really special car? That car that you got? Now, this could be a first car. It could be a car you've gotten mm-hmm. since we last spoke, but something really mm-hmm. special that you went, man, I've always wanted one of these. Hmm. Well, I, I think I took your question and I twisted it a okay. little bit. That's okay. Um, so, I think last time I mentioned a 1969 Mercury Capri, which was my first car that I actually paid for and owned. And But before that, I was gifted a 1965 Ford F-150 pickup yeah. from my grandfather when he passed away. Uh, unfortunately, uh, that was a great ride, but it blew a tire and rolled on the beach at Westport, Washington, two weeks after I got my driver's license. Uh-oh. So, you know, that was a hard call to make to my mom. Hey, mom, can you come and pick me up? Yeah. But, you know, I remember sitting in that truck with him. He would only smoke in that truck. He wouldn't smoke inside, of course. And so I would go out to the truck with him and sit with him. And he'd pull out this Paul Mall cigarettes in a metal case and a silver lighter. And he'd roll down the window and he'd light one up. 
And he was always a little sheepish about the fact that he was smoking, but it was my chance to be alone with my grandfather. And he'd say, don't do what, don't do what I'm doing. Yeah. Don't do what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. Follow this example. But he was such a great guy, very humble, very wise. I really wish I could have spent more time with him. And that was kind of special because we were in a car and yeah. sure. All yeah. together. Very cool. So would you say it's that F-150 pickup? Have you changed your answer from the Capri? Well, I don't, I don't know. I don't because know. <laughs> I really, it's been so long, I can't remember. But no, I had other cars. But, you know, I love I love the Porsche 911. There's something about the shape and everything and the sounds and the smells and stuff. It's, it's still my favorite car. Was there a Porsche that you've owned that stands out as one that you really, really fond of? You know, we all have those cars that we sold and wish, kind of wish we'd had again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I have the ones I've sold. I and I wouldn't want back necessarily. <laughs> the ones I kept, I I really enjoy. I have a 1972 911S in metallic blue, and I have a 1972 T that looks like an ST with a 3.6. That was a, that was built as an autocross car, and I. I my partner, Jeff Barson, and I campaigned that for a number of years and did well. And it was a lot of fun. I'm glad I did it when I was younger. And, but the 72 S is, you know, you just look, you get in that car. It's like, oh, this is a special car. You know, this right. Is, you know, leather sports seats. And the whole the whole soundtrack, you know, with that mechanical fuel injection intake. And just, oh, my gosh. I took somebody for a ride. Some One of my neighbors was wanting a ride, so we went off up I-90 towards the pass. And I was like, oh, my <laughs> well, you know, I, I had one of those for a long time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Great car. Really enjoyed it and uh, really, really fun. So, yeah, there's something about, I don't know, 72s, you know, that special year, uh, but also the engine and so forth. Mine had uh, problems for a long time. It just never ran quite right. I took it to multiple mechanics. Nobody they spent a lot of money, but nobody could ever figure it out. But uh, finally, a local guy here said, uh, it's your throttle bodies. You need new ones. When I picked that car up, I thought it was a different car. I thought, Did you put another engine in this thing? He said, you were only getting like 73% power out of that thing. And I literally was that close to selling. I was so disappointed in it. And all of a sudden I went, okay, now I'm in love again. So that was great. Yeah. Very cool. Well, here's a bit of an introspective question for you, Randy. I'm going to get into your head a little bit here. Okay. If you woke up tomorrow and you were manifest as a vehicle, and this isn't what you want to be because we all want to be something cool, sexy, sleek, fast, right? This is more of your personality in a vehicle. Yeah. What would Randy Wells be? And more importantly, why? It's the same answer I gave before. uh, Come on. I expected some evolution (laughs) going on here, pal. Sometimes you get stuck. It's just just the perfect answer. It can't be anything else. So a 1954 Porsche Speedster is, that's me. I mean, it's not that complicated. (laughs) It's kind of simple. What you see is what you get. And, uh, but it's, you know, I, I think it's one of the most iconic cars ever no matter what mark and I, you know, that was, that would be the car. Now you picked a 54. So that's a pre a versus a later speedster, right? Right. Correct. So why, since I'm, I got to dig a little deeper here mm-hmm. since you gave me the same answer. Yeah, why sure. the pre a versus the speedster that so many of us think about the 57, eight, mm-hmm. you know, 56, 58, a lot more common 54. They only made a few. They didn't make ah, okay. a couple hundred or so. Yeah. I was born in '54 too. So oh that, well, that makes sense. Okay, but I, I do I do like the pre-A's. I mean I mean they don't have great <laughs> the brakes are not very good and the power is low, but the shape is the cleanest and you know the yeah. most classic. 
Yeah. Yeah, they're beautiful. Yeah, Speedster's bucket list car for me. They've become a bit unobtainium yeah. uh, in the last five years. Holy cow. Yeah, just kind of crazy. But uh, I made the mistake of visiting uh, John Wilhoyt. He built a Beck Spider that I had uh, for a long uh, time that was quite special. And Rod Emery uh, last summer, uh, sure. not this summer, but the summer before, 2019, before we were all restricted, and drove their outlaw cars that they'd built, that 2.2 that John Wilhoyt puts in and Rod's cars. And... Uh, I think that spoiled me. If if I ever get a three fifty six, I think it's going to have to be an outlaw because I don't think I could go back to the standard slow engines that were yeah, in those cars. I would agree with that. I drove Mick Summers Speedster and it had a Wilhoyt motor in it yeah. and the suspension upgrade and whatnot. And that was a totally different experience. I did drive a Carrera too, a real one. Oh well, that's a whole nother level. And that's a good good. That's about the same. And of course, Rossport's building the two fours for rod now so even faster so yeah i i would agree with you um you almost have to have one of both you, know? <laughs> you have to have an original and a hot rod well that would be nice too yeah, yeah. okay well i got to keep working harder before oh, i can okay. go Better. out and spend a go million back. bucks on two speedsters <laughs> so oh we'll keep trying all right we're entering the last lap i'm going to fire off some questions we'll see if they've changed a little bit here over time uh so here we go what's one of your personal habits that you think has contributed to your ongoing success I think I mentioned curiosity. I think as a writer, you almost need to be that kind of person because you can't, you don't really stop asking questions until you get the, the real answer. And sometimes that takes a while. And a disciplined work ethic, I think that's something my dad instilled in me. It's just uh, really important as an individual like yourself who is building a business and, you know, you just have to show up every day and go to work and you can't like, you got to make a list. You got to yes. check everything off the list when you get it done. And if you don't get it done, it stays on the list and you know, you just keep at it. And, and it's not, it's got to be almost a drive to do it. It's, it's not, right. you can't, can't have a wife telling you to do it. You've got to do it yourself. So, you know, I mean, you just want to, you know, you just want to do it. You have to do it. You need to do it. Then you get it done. Yeah, discipline, persistence, tenacity, grit, all those things. But that's the key. You know, when I started this podcast was people who've wrapped their passion into their careers. And when you're doing what you love, it's a lot easier when nobody's barking over your shoulder like a boss. Now, we all have clients, although, well, you have clients as well. Mm -hmm. I, my client is really my listener. So mm -hmm. I assume they're barking over my show. All these saying, Mark, show up today. We want to show. We want to show. And uh, the very few times that something has gone haywire with the feed and people, I start getting emails. Where's your show today? And you start, oh, okay, somebody cares. So uh, <laughs> I guess that's the same way, but absolutely. Now, if I could arrange for you to sit down and have a drink or a meal, or let me twist it up a little bit, maybe a photo assignment or a writing assignment with anyone in the automotive industry, either living or deceased, who would it be? Ayrton Senna, I think. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. I think he had a certain quality that you don't really see very often in a race car driver. That would have been wonderful to experience firsthand. But again, you know, that's such a long shot. But <laughs> yeah. you know, that's, that's why we're doing this, right? Yeah. Um, it's an exercise. And I, 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 I would love to sit down with him. I'm sure I would just be thrilled and also be inspired and learn a lot. Yep, he's, uh, my listeners know this, he, I have one of his quotes on the back of my business card. Cool. The past is just data, I only see the future. 
So I always thought that was great. Great for a race car driver. Great for a business person. Always be looking way down the road ahead. Uh, Of course, in racing, you never look at what's in front of you. It's always where you want to go, where it's going to happen. Same in business, same in life. How about when it comes to automotive advice? What's the best advice someone else ever shared with you that you've found Mm. was really useful? Mm. I probably didn't listen to that advice. (laughs) You know, I think buying a car that's done the way you want it is really important. It saves you a lot of money. Um, if you can find one that's done the way you want it, if it's stock, then that's easier. But you know, everyone everybody says, well, every Porsche is a hundred thousand dollar car. <laughs> and that's, you know, kind of, it can be true. You know, if you don't get the right car, you can end up spending a lot of money to make it the right. way you want it. Yep. No, that, that's key. I always say, let someone else burn through their wallet, restoring and making a car perfect. When they're done, you can just step in and usually swoop it up for less than what it costs to restore a car because it's expensive to restore a car the right way. That's for sure. If you've got unlimited budget, ah, go have John or Rod or, you know, yeah. Rob Dickinson build you a car. I'm right. You can uh, do whatever you whatever you want. Now, when it comes to great resources, there's so many for us these days. Is there a go to for you that you find yourself uh, looking at every day? Well, I look at my blog every day. Okay, well, okay. Where where can people find your blog? And there's a there's a shameless plug that we yeah, love to do here on Carsha. Yeah. You, you said I could insert that. Okay. Yes, you may. Uh, RandyWells.com. Okay. Uh, it's you know, and I we talked about doing it right and re- showing up every day and going to work and repeating it, photographing whatever it is, and yep. writing a blog twice a week is helps my writing a lot. It just keeps me exercised you know in tune and in the zone so that when i need to write a piece that's longer i can do that pretty easily so there's a lot of different things that i focus on including cars and photography and and vinyl and films and uh, all sorts of other cars uh vehicles and new new ideas so uh there's probably enough for the reader to be interested in that some of it so yeah Check it out. I think it's fun. Absolutely. And pe- can people subscribe so that when you do those, they just show up right in your inbox? Yeah, I haven't done that. I, I don't have feedback. I just, it's almost like a personal blog. It's, uh-huh. it's like, a, it's just a way for me to, to get that out. You know, yeah. uh, I'm not really counting on you know anything other than just, you know, being able to do it. Okay. Well, I'll make sure I put a link to that. Uh, make sure you go there and you know what, maybe uh, send Randy a little nudge and say, you know, you should make this retro. So it just keeps coming to me. So I don't forget you, buddy. Okay. Uh, maybe that's something that you strive for. We'll see. That's the Thank marketing you. guy in me. Thank you, Mark, for that. Appreciate it. You're welcome. How about a book? Is there a great book you've read maybe in the last year with this little extra time we might have <laughs> on our hands here? Uh, although last I heard, we've all better get down to Costco and buy toilet paper. I guess there's a run on that again. Heaven forbid. Oh, I can't believe it. can't believe it. Yeah, exactly. So how about a book? Is there a great uh, book you'd like to well, I'm gonna, uh, share? I'm going to give Randy Leffingwell a plug. Oh, nice guy. Yeah. He, he's a, been a good friend, but uh, other, beyond that, he, he's he's a great writer, and he's been a great editor for me when we did Road Scholars Magazine. He's been working on a book called Porsche Racing History that's going to be two or three volumes. I think yeah. it's coming out in a year or so, and uh, yeah, I'm saving up for that one because uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I can't afford Time and Two Seats, so I'm going to buy his book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you should have bought Time and Two Seats when they first came out. That's I what know. I did, you know? See, I'll learn my lesson. I'll buy Randy's book. It was pricey back then, too, but I'm glad I did because now they're hard to find. Well, Randy's been a guest here. Took me a long time. He's a bit of a humble, quiet guy and a little shy. I finally got him on the show, 
And, you know, when Pete was on a couple of weeks ago, he talked to he said, the book I'm going to recommend, which you're doing, is Randy's book that's coming so that we can nudge him to get this book done because it's going to be so spectacular. So, Randy, here's another one, buddy. Uh, you got two sales. No, actually three. Pete, Randy Wells, and Mark Green. We're going to buy your book. So uh, I'm sure a lot more people will as well. All right. We're up to the checkered flag. See if uh, things changed a little bit here. I hope they've evolved a little bit. We'll see. Yeah, uh, I'm going to buy you. A collector card today, anything you want. So my listeners know all the rules to the game. So what's it going to be? Well, see, last time I picked a, a 2003 Porsche Carrera GT, which which you had to nudge me, coax me into deciding on because <laughs> yeah. I was waffling between that and the 87 Ferrari F40. But in the meantime, um, I've been able to experience the 1971 Porsche 911 ST. Okay. With a 2.5 short stroke motor and the twin plug and nearly open exhaust and first three gears to 8,000. I mean, just convert. And that, that was the car that was on the cover triple zero. That's known as Sloopy jr. The garage manager took me for a spin in that. I, I, uh, that's such an awesome, I mean, for people that love Porsche 911, it's that soundtrack and that feeling of acceleration it goes on forever. It's just incredible. That would be, if I could afford a car and it were for sale, which I don't think it is, that would be it. Well, see, the key is I'm buying it for you, so you don't have to worry oh, about that. Yeah, you know, I have the magic checkbook here at Cars, yeah, that's unlimited. sale. Hey, yeah, everybody <laughs> sells me their cars so that I can deliver them. Nice. It, just, it just may take a little while, so Boy. we'll see. But you know what? I think what's happened here, Randy, is with age, like a fine wine, you've evolved and matured here, right? So, you know, uh, I think this happens to us, and we uncover something new. And it's happened to me over time. I thought this is the one I want. And then I get to experience another one and then another one. And it just yeah. kind of evolves and grows. So I kind of like where you're going here, going back in time, but something very unique and special. So, uh, yeah, I like it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. My sell by, sell by date is not over yet. Apparently. So it, no, not yet. No, you're still good. Yeah. You, you've been kept in the right refrigerated room. So you're not <laughs> quite pickled yet. So uh, Thank yeah, you. good sign. Oh my gosh. Well, Randy, this has been great to catch up with you. I love it when I have guests that have not been on in a long time to catch up to see where they've come. I'm really, really proud of you, buddy. Uh, what you've done, how you've evolved, how you've grown, how you've scaled. The fact that uh, the key here is change. The key here is evolving. The key here is to try new things, do new things. And the other key is persistence. You just keep doing what you love and expanding and growing, and that's what you've done. Now, before I let you go, could you offer us a little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you rip off into the beautiful uh, Pacific Northwest Mountains in that 71 ST? Oh, my gosh. Nice thought. Well, yeah. <laughs> I would say uh, believe in yourself. Never never stop believing in yourself. That uh, can be sometimes difficult to do because we all get rejections, uh, especially as photographers and writers and artists. And, you know, you just have to uh, keep the faith and saying, no, I think I actually am pretty good or could become pretty good if I just keep after it. Maybe maybe I shouldn't give up just yet. I should believe in myself and but, you know, see what my deficiencies are, uh, are and then and then fix them. Yep. No, it's great advice. Absolutely. Can't tell you how many times on this crazy podcast journey I've thought, nah, maybe I should go do something else. You know, this is difficult or char challenging or whatever it might be. And then I go, no, you know what? I'm going to stick with this. And then something happens. You know, a listener sends you a nice email. Hey, really enjoyed this show. Or someone says, hey, that guest changed my life. 
Uh, they gave me the courage to go out and try something new. And that's what Cars Yeah is all about, is inspiring other people through talking with inspiring people like you. So thank you so much. Again, what are all the different ways people can keep up with you and, and see and read and hear all the great things that you're up to? Well, my handle is cars.randywells. And that'll get you, if you just Google that, that'll get you to all the different the websites and the blogs and the Instagram and all that. So that's really simple and easy to way to get to to see more of my stuff. I want to thank you so much, Mark, for having me back on. It's been a real a gift and a pleasure. Well, thanks. Yeah, it's always good to catch up with you. And I'll make sure I put links to every way you can keep up with Randy. I encourage you to because you're going to not only see some very cool things, you're going to experience some very cool things and read some very cool things. And you know what? Next time he's on the show, who knows where he's going to be? So uh, we'll keep in touch. Uh, stay safe, my friend. Listeners, you can find everything on his show notes page on the Cars yeah website. Just go to CarsYeah.com, type in Randy Wells. Just as it sounds is how it's spelled, and you'll find everything right there. Thank you, Randy, for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing an update on your life, my friend. Until you and I talk again, and they let us all out of lockdown, I'll see you down the road. Thank you, Mark. This has been great. If you're listening to Cars Yeah, you probably spent some time working on your favorite ride. But how confident are you working on your finances? You may be able to rebuild a fuel injection system, but can you decipher the details of a mutual fund? If you're like me, investments, insurance, annuities, budgeting, and other financial concepts may seem a bit daunting. But what if I told you there's a book that describes these subjects and more in an easy-to-read and a very humorous way? My friend Chris Kimball, CFP, a longtime sponsor and past guest here on Cars yeah, has written that book, and it's titled The Saga of Ike and Penny, a couple's humorous journey through the confusing world of finance. It's a fun look at things you need to know, everything from investing to effective ways to get rid of credit card debt, and it's probably the only book on finance with a VMAX on the front cover and a classic Mini Cooper on the back. The book's available at Amazon for just $10, and this book will dramatically improve the direction of your financial future. I gave copies to each of my children. All securities are through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Christopher Kimball Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Get your copy, The Saga of Ike and Penny, today. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!